Here are 10 tips for tasting, assessing, and appreciating wine that'll help you get even more out of your wine drinking adventures. What three factors will you be appreciating or evaluating when you taste wine? Appearance, nose, and palate. The appearance is further broken down into color and color intensity. The nose of a wine is the bouquet of aromas you can detect, and the palate refers to the feel of the wine in your mouth and its flavors. What four things can interfere with a good wine tasting besides that friend who never takes anything seriously? Bad lighting, which makes it hard to admire the color of the wine. Strong smells like perfume or lotion or even food, which interfere with your ability to perceive the wine's aromas. Limited table or countertop space, which you'll need for glassware, water and note-taking, otherwise you may forget what you learn. And the lack of a spittoon or any discreet vestibule into which you can spit out the wine after you've tasted it. Take my word for it, wine tastings can very quickly dissolve into raucous situations because you're consuming wine so much faster than the way you usually enjoy it, which is over food. So unless it's your intention to get merry, you may want to make use of that spittoon. What two qualities are you looking for when evaluating a wine's appearance? Color and intensity. The color of a wine goes far beyond it just being red, white, or rosé. For instance, red wines can be ruby, purple, garnet, or tawny. White wines can be lemon, gold, or amber, and rosé wines range from pale peach or salmon to nearly red. Intensity, on the other hand, refers to the concentration of color in the wine, with some, like Bordeaux, being opaque at the center and a dark garnet at the edges, and others, like Beaujolais, being a translucent cherry red. What three colors can you use to describe a white wine? You could describe it as lemon or gold and amber. Lemon would be water white to yellow in color. Gold would be tinges of orange or brown, and amber would have noticeable browning, although of course I say brown, but in reality it looks so much prettier in an actual wine glass. The other thing to remember here is that you can actually use any color in your vocabulary to describe wine the way you want, from Barbie pink to diaper brown. The three colors I've mentioned, however, are universally recognized and understood as official wine descriptors and are far less likely to elicit strange looks from people. What four colors can you use to describe a red wine? Purple, ruby, garnet, and tawny. Purple would be blue or purple tinted. Ruby, a bright red in color. Garnet is an obvious brick orange or browning, with the wine being more red than brown. And tawny would be more brown than red. We're halfway there. Remember, you can keep studying more flashcards like these in the Brainscape app, which leverages spaced repetition to help you swell your wine knowledge so much faster than any other learning app. What does a wine nerd mean when they refer to the primary, secondary, and tertiary aromas of a wine? Well, the primary aromas are those that arise directly from the grapes themselves. For example, apple, citrus, and blossom on a delicious Riesling. Secondary aromas originate from the winemaking processes that occur from or after fermentation, like vanilla from oak contact or brioche from a wine being left to rest on the lees, dead yeast cells. Finally, tertiary aromas arrive from the aging process, such as the caramel, hazelnut, and dried fruit notes you get from oak fermentation and bottle aging. What four structural components contribute to a wine's body and balance? Sugar, alcohol, acidity, and tannin. Now, good wines exhibit a balance between all four of these components so that no particular one stands out and yet all act in a kind of synergy to produce an experience that is greater than the sum of its parts. What structural component will better balance out a wine that is high in residual sugar? 
acidity. When battling to grasp the concept of sugar balancing out acidity and vice versa, just think about lemonade. Without sugar, lemon juice is virtually unpalatable. But the more sugar you add, the more tolerable and the nicer the citrusy tartness becomes until you reach a perfect balance between the two. But if you add too much sugar, the experience swings the opposite direction with the sugar dominating the fruity tartness in a way that only a young child would appreciate. So in a balanced wine, the sweetness operates in harmony with the acidity or freshness. What flavor component will better balance out a wine that is high in alcohol? fruit. How many fruity cocktails have you knocked back before you realized, uh-oh, you kind of forgot about the alcohol? Fruity flavors are notorious for disguising the taste of alcohol, making it hard to gauge just how strong a beverage is. Case in point, a Long Island iced tea cocktail has vodka, tequila, light rum, triple sec, and gin in it. And yet it tastes like fruit juice and goes down just as easily. What four traits does an outstanding wine exhibit? Exceptional balance, a long finish, pleasant, discernible and intense flavors and aromas, and great complexity. If a wine scores well in three of the above-mentioned categories, it can be described as a very good wine. If a wine shows well in only two, it's good. But if a wine shows well in only one, it's acceptable. And if a wine doesn't have any positive attributes, it's poor and probably best re-gifted to your least favorite in-law. That's the end of your 10 flashcard study round. You can find hundreds more questions like these in Brainscape's collection of wine appreciation flashcards or in our comprehensive flashcard collections for the WSET and Court of Master Sommelier exams. And of course, keep listening to the rest of this hands-free playlist to massively level up your wine knowledge.